Welcome to Christian Financial Perspectives, where you're invited to gain insight, wisdom, and knowledge about how Christians integrate their faith, life, and finances with a biblical worldview. Here's your host, Christian investment advisor, financial planner, and coach, Bob Barber. Well, hello, Sean. Here we are just uh, what, a couple weeks away, a week away from Christmas. About a week, we? about 10 days. I can't believe it. I tell you, time goes by so fast. You know, next year we're going to be going 2022. I went, where, I don't remember when it turned to the year 2000. And now we're going 22 years later. So we got three twos in next year. Um, thankfully, next this next year coming up is not the year 2000 where, you know, all of our computers stopped working. And <laughs> exactly. All of technology and, and planes crashed to the ground because they couldn't fly anymore. So thankfully that won't happen. Well, you know, we're not planning on that for next year. My wife can tell you that in the year 2000, that's when we were living out on 10 acres on the east side of 35 here in New Braunfels. And, and you know, we had a little mini farm and, and that very night at about right at midnight, I went all the way out to the edge of our property where you can turn the, the breaker on and off and it turned off everything. So at midnight, I snuck out there and flipped the breaker. Everything went off, and I go, "There it is. Everything's gone." All right, and, I'm going to have to ask Jenna to verify yeah, no. if she remembers that. The girls were all screaming like, "Oh!" No, I turned it back on. It was okay. <laughs> so, welcome to our 104th podcast. And as always, Bob has a tendency, which is me, <laughs> to pick hard subjects. And and but this is a subject I think really needs to be talked about. Um, you know, we, we talk about the true meaning of Christmas in the Christian community a lot. I, I, we understand what the true meaning of Christmas is. That it's, it's yes. about the birth of our Savior. It's not about consumerism. But, but today we're going to talk about the, the true financial meaning of Christmas. So and, hopefully we have your attention now. And you know, the, the scripture I picked, the lo and behold, you know, I, I go to my Bible app today. That was the scripture. Really? The one that I picked today, yeah. And I picked this, you know, several days ago before I put the, the podcast together. That's good. So I, I think it's interesting during this Christmas season that that scripture is the scripture today. And this is, this is one I picked. And it's from Matthew 6, 19 through 21. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen. Amen. That's a good scripture. It's a good one always when it comes to finances for anyone to read. I saw a quote when I was researching today's subject, talking about the true financial meaning of, of Christmas, is that Americans have commercialized Christmas and worry way too much about what to get for others, spending money, and what they desire for themselves. Where Christmas should be about the birth of Jesus, given the charity and the less fortunate. So, John, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, but I told you I'd be asking you this, okay? And I, it's, it's kind of the, the easy question, but it can be, you know, what is that true meaning of Christmas? Well, you know, 
obviously we'll get into a little more details on this later, but mm -hmm. you, when it comes down to what is the true meaning of Christmas, it's about the fact that God sent his only son mm -hmm. to this earth to die for our sins, to, to pave a way back for us to not just be redeemed from our sins, but to be adopted into God's family yes, because Jesus was the only one that could that could do that. And so Christmas, of course, is a celebration of when Jesus was born. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's kind of the kind of the start of that part of the story. And then obviously Easter is a whole nother topic. <laughs> it is. And you know, sometimes but, I wonder, I mean, we celebrate Easter, but but it seems like Christmas is so much more celebrated here in America. Maybe that is because of consumerism where Easter's not, but Easter's the really that's that's the yeah. that's the biggest celebration because it, it really of the is. resurrection. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the birth of Jesus is the culmination of, of so many years. I mean, if I remember correctly, and I apologize to any Bible scholars if I get it wrong, but I believe it was about 400 years from, from the last book of the Old Testament, the last time God had spoke through like a prophet. And it was about 400 years from the last prophet that God had on earth until the birth of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I know... You know, for, so looking back there, the history, like the Israelites had been, basically, it, it seemed like God was silent. I know, that's what I was going to say. Exactly but, what I was say, a silence in there. 400 years is a long time. It's a long time. I mean, yeah. I mean, our our country is not very old. Like maybe for other countries that 400 years isn't that long when they have thousands of years of history. But especially for us in, in the United States, 400 years is a long time. Yeah. But, you know, what was what was really interesting is my my pastor, actually, this past Sunday, he talked about how, and it wasn't necessarily exactly for this purpose, but it was talking about how just because God seems to be silent doesn't mean that he's not active. Amen. It, it doesn't mean that he's not hearing you, and it doesn't mean that he's not, he doesn't have a plan that he's enacting. And so after 400 years of silence, the reason why Christmas is so impactful and meaningful is it's because all of these promises that God had had made about the birth of a virgin, uh, a, uh, the birth of the Savior would be through a, a virgin birth, mm -hmm. and all of these things. And so you, you start all of a sudden having all of these promises fulfilled exactly as God said that they would be fulfilled. And then throughout the rest of Jesus's life, it's all of these prophecies that come true. But that birth is it's the Right then, it's like all of these things coming true, and all of a sudden, God went from seeming like He was silent and distant to "I told you I had a plan, and I'm doing it." I I, so. I think about the meaning of Christmas. I think of the Immaculate Conception. I mean, and and that had to do with how purity. hard was that for Mary and Joseph? Oh, I, I mean, think about it for on. them. Like, to, yeah. to I'm I'm sure there were people Thank in their you, family yeah. and their friends that are like, I mean, yeah, you right, even talk about yeah. Joseph was yeah. going to quietly divorce his wife, right. but but yet. God sent an angel to Joseph as well to say, "She's telling the truth. This this is my son, and you need to you need to stay by her." So the true the true meaning of Christmas to me and and, and it's it's truly giving. It's God giving us yeah. His Son, and to come down and live amongst all of us bozos. <laughs> I mean, you know, to really see what we go through. And, and and he went through what we went through and lived a sinless life. So mm -hmm. that's the meaning of Christmas is where it starts. So, Sean, I was thinking about this Christmas and all. It's just so much going on during Christmas. What's your favorite memory 
of a gift at Christmas, and, and why did that mean a lot to you? Sure. So, and I actually talked about this with with Jenna when we did our special episode, but I think obviously it's relevant today as well. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was surprisingly something called Connects, and some people may not know about that. It's I the, don't really. Is that everybody kind of like knows Lego. Lego. It's is kind of like Legos, okay. but you know, Legos is a bunch of blocks. Whereas connects was this idea of like you have these like different link rods and connectors. And so you could create a lot more functional things with connects, especially because some of the kits would even include little like motors uh-huh. you could connect yeah. these little plastic chains and stuff to. And the reason why I remember that so much is it has nothing to do with it being super expensive. Right. But what I loved about it is, is I got to create and, and build these things. And I know for my parents, you know, my, my mom, even not that long ago had, Remember her mentioning something. I remember I used to like connects. Do you think your son? You don't think Ronan would like? I'm like, yeah, he's a little too young still. I think for that, maybe in a couple of years. But she and my dad even enjoyed watching me with that because they, you know, it's kind of like you yeah, got to see like this creative side. This, you know, doing stuff with my hands. Hey, it's kind of like that, that funny saying we know in that in that funny uh, Christmas vacation. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. does. Because I, I would that, build something, I'd play with it for a while, and then I'd tear it all down and build something again. So <laughs> when you're given a gift, it's you think about that, that gift is meaningful. It, it is the gift that can keep on giving. You know, I was telling you yesterday, I remember two of my favorite gifts as a child. It was a baseball mitt, and it was a football. And I used to wait for my dad to come home every day. As soon as my dad would get home, poor guy. I mean, he'd been working all day. I was like, dad. And I, he had a glove too. I'd give him the glove. I'd go to the glove. And it, it meant, that gift meant time with my dad yeah. in playing pitch. And, yeah. and you know, like the, the movie Field of Dreams. It just, yeah. that to me is such precious memories. So, and I, and I love that you say that that's one of your favorite memories because now, you know, it's like, oh, I'm sure your dad was like tired. But now when I come home and my son Ronan is like, dad, dad. And like he runs to the door and then he wants to give me a hug and yeah. he wants me to pick him up. And then he's like, dad, dad, airplane. And wants me to hold him horizontal, puts his arms out and I have to run around <laughs> the like house around and pretend like he's fine. And then I put him down and I'm a little tired. He's like, okay, again. Like, okay. Like, so yeah, I'm tired, but also I'm not going to tell him no. Like that brings so much joy, no matter how tired I feel like I am. When your child is asking you, play with me, spend time with me, and, and you're like, okay. So it's, like, <laughs> it's those gifts that really don't cost a lot, mm-hmm. but it's the gifts, like you say, that, that keep on giving. I was telling you earlier, Jenna, she goes out and she gets my favorite drink and my favorite snacks, all this, and puts all this together for me. And that's me before every year. All the coconut <laughs> themed too. everything? I'm sorry? All of the coconut themed Yeah, exactly. Stuff. Yeah, you know how I love coconut. <laughs> So we've talked about the meaning of Christmas and our favorite memories of gifts, but I'm really thinking now today we're, we're talking about the financial meaning of Christmas, and I'm just thinking, what do you think, Sean? What do you think about the financial meaning of Christmas? Is yeah for many people. When we think about this from the non-Christian, or we call, I guess you'd call it secular mm-hmm. point of view, I think there's a lot of expectations, anxiety, and stress all focus around this because everywhere you look is about buying new stuff. One of the things I remember Jenna had even mentioned was, oh, stocking stuffers at $25, $40, $50 for one item. It's like, 
what are you and in my opinion that's crazy that much to put something in a in a stocking so people just get so wrapped up and like i have to spend all of this money and i, I have to buy all these gifts and or they get into uh, black friday or cyber monday uh, new new washer and dryer that you don't need but yeah. oh but it's on sale so exactly. I, I gotta get it i gotta brace the crowds or fight on you know hopefully i get it online so there's several things i think when the financial media christmas yeah you, you think of the, the black friday sale yeah, the Cyber Monday, and then now they're having all these other online. And it's not even necessarily stuff you're getting for gifts. Yeah, it's no. just stuff that maybe you want. So they've taken away the the around Christmas time. They've taken away the true meaning of Christmas, which is about Jesus Christ and what He did, and they've refocused it all on, on commercial, you know, commercial. And you know what's things. even sadder, Bob? If you think about it, is is even even when it was focused, it's been focused on gifts, like oh, getting gifts for people now. It's not even necessarily getting gifts for other people. It's, oh, treat yourself. Get something for yourself. Oh, you know that new TV that you wanted that because your 50-inch isn't big enough. Now you need a 60-inch or a 70-inch. and It's like so, it's not so, even gifts for other people. So when you think about the financial meaning of Christmas, it sounds like to me, and as I was putting this podcast together, it's really become a financial burden mm-hmm. that's full of stress and debt instead of peace and joy the way God intended it to be. You know that that's what so kind of summarizing be. the yeah. commercialization of Christmas in yeah. America. It's hijacked. I mean, consumerism has hijacked. Yeah, the true meaning of of, uh, of Christmas. I I found I found a definition of American consumerism that kind of goes with this. Okay, and really the the goal is to create a sense of well being in people and get happiness from attaining consumer goods and material possessions. So the more stuff I can get, the happier I will be. And that is Which not sounds get like the definition of sin. Yeah. You know, sin sin is, is fun for a time, for a short period of time, but it's not lasting. And it leaves you feeling empty later. And it's really it's the same thing that you you know the goal of consumerism is the opposite of what an actual joyful, fulfilling life is in the Lord because you're trying to fill this void. You're trying to, to fill this hole with something that is never going to be able to do that. The stuff is always just going to get temporary happiness. You know, and it, it was interesting as I was writing this down and, and redefining this consumerism go where I could, you know, say it easily on the podcast. I, I thought about myself and I have to admit, and I've even noticed this, that after I've done a lot of shopping or bought something big and new, I, feel like I've accomplished something, but really, have I? I, I mean, that's weird. I mean, that yeah. is that is a weird. You know, like we're gonna go out, we're gonna shop a lot, and we're gonna we're gonna go have a nice meal. And not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I'm you not know, if if it goes beyond just like a job well done, like yeah, you know, you're, exactly. you're getting gifts for people, and hey, I, I had a budget, and I yeah. I came well under that budget. Like so, I mean, to an extent, it's an accomplishment, like something you might do at work. Yeah, you know, but. It's not going to last, obviously. That feeling isn't going to last that long. So it's, it's really time for America to reach back, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it, it's time for us to to find the true financial meaning of Christmas where it's truly about joy and meaningful giving and the gift of God's Son. Yeah, and it's, it, I, don't, I mean, God never intended for Christmas to be about materialism. Mm-hmm. No way. It's not supposed to be about materialism, but somewhere along the way we got caught up in that yeah. from the American consumerism. So how 
can we turn this materialistic thinking in America behind Christmas right on its head? I think and we need I, to look at Scripture. I agree. Let's go. Let's go to Scripture. So uh, we're going to read Matthew twenty-five thirty-four through forty. This is the NIV. In case anyone wants to read along, verse thirty-four. Then the King will say to those on his right, "Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance." the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And this is my favorite part. Yeah, my Verse favorite. 40. Yeah. The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. This is a scripture we can apply directly to Christmas. Mm-hmm. We need to think of the financial part of Christmas as a way to help the poor and the sick and the less fortunate, mm-hmm. all those things that were just you just named yeah. in Scripture, because when we help the poor and the less fortunate and feed them, so we're doing it for Christ. So, Bob, what are what are some ideas that we can give our listeners today? Well, I know. First of all, I know this podcast is just coming out two, three, four days before Christmas. So I'm like, okay. I've already done all my Christmas shopping, 90% of you. Now, as guys like me, I usually wait till the 23rd or 24th. I'm walking no, around kind of like you, with my head cut off. But... You've never gone by Walgreens on, the, on Christmas Eve and <laughs> no, grabbed some no, stuff. never. <laughs> one of the things is, I want you to think of not just Christmas as one day, but think of Christmas as giving and God giving His Son. Think of it year-round, and it's especially a good time right now to think, here's an idea of opening up a donor-advised giving fund for you and the family and fund it with maybe half of that Christmas budget that you spent and then get with your kids and grandkids and discuss how you're going to give that money away that you put into a donor-advised fund. Interesting. So, Bob, what is a donor-advised fund? I know probably, I'm sure, have a few examples. I do. And we've had uh, a few podcasts on Donor Advice yeah. Fund, but so Donor uh, Advice Fund is a nonprofit fund. Okay. So the first one that we have for our listeners, if you guys want to write this down, or we'll have it on the website too. Yeah. The National Giving Foundation, which is ncfgiving.org. And that's one of the podcasts I've had. I've had uh, Ryan Sunter on, and he's he talks about what a Donor Advice Fund is. So a Donor Advice Fund, think of it as a a giving fund. Also think about, I'm not sure what ministries I want to give to or what I want to give to right now. You can open up this giving fund and like through the National Christian Foundation, ncfgiving.org, and there's also waterstone.org and thesignatory.org, several other donor advised funds that we'll have on our website. Okay. So you open up this fund and then you can fund it with whatever amount you want to fund it with. Mm-hmm. It's going to be similar, like if you made a donation to your church, right? You know that you can donate whatever you want to it. Exactly, okay. you can donate stocks to it. 
appreciated assets, most anything to it. Now, once you've donated that to that donor advised fund, you can't take it back. Right. But the difference in versus giving the funds to your church where your church is just going to use all that. When you give to a donor advised fund, the money can sit there for a while until you decide who you want to give it to, whether okay. that be one ministry or multiple ministries. And that's where you get with the family. Okay. And you get your kids involved in giving and saying, we've got so, 5000 in this, and we've got 50000 or 500000 in this donor advice fund, and we can decide what ministries we want to give to. So to maybe summarize it, would you say it's similar to putting money into a savings account mm -hmm. where you're putting that money in there and, and you're not necessarily spending it right now, but you're earmarking that in the savings account, but by putting it in a donor advice fund, from a tax perspective, monetary perspective, it's the same as if you had already donated to your church. But the difference being that it doesn't have to be spent immediately. Like, like say, say a family wanted to save up to a certain amount and then donate to a clean water project, and it cost ten thousand dollars to to do a new well. I don't, I don't remember what the cost is, but yeah, you could you could wait to donate until you maybe over a few years or, five, or however long it's going to take. Okay, there's enough in there now. We can now give the money to this charity and they can build a new well somewhere that needs it. You named it exactly okay. right. Whether it's yeah. a well or, or giving to the food bank. Yeah. Uh, any, any, um, as long as it's 501 a 501c3. 501c3 okay. and, it's, and it's truly a nonprofit organization. That's awesome. Okay. Now yeah. remember, it's a savings account for giving. Yeah. But you can't take the money back. Well, of course, right? yes. It's as good as if you gave it to church. Obviously, you can't right. take it back from church. But the only difference is once it's been given, it doesn't then have to exit the fund to a charity until you're ready. That's right. That's, That's correct. Fantastic. So and you could save throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Jenna and I talked about how you, know, you save up for um, for Christmas throughout the year instead of, oh, no, we have to go in, we're going to go into debt. We'll just save up throughout the year. Well, this could be part of that. And something you can even talk to your family about is that, Hey, every month we're putting this much into our donor advice fund. So then at Christmas time, this is who we're going to be giving to. And as you hear this podcast, you could go online right now to either ncfgiving.org or there's another organization I've used a lot over the years called Waterstone in Colorado Springs. Waterstone.org. Yep. Or The Signatory, which I've had Bill High as a guest on one of my podcasts too called The Signatory. Dot org. We'll have this on our website. You can open up any of these online. You hear this today, you can literally have a giving fund up and running within 15 minutes. Oh, wow. And then okay. you can even fund it with a credit card. I'm not as long as you pay it off. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we might recommend funding with exactly. the bank account. But, <laughs> but, but funding with your bank account, it, it can be funded. And you could give this as a gift to your family. It says, We've opened up a family giving fund. And we're going to decide as a family what ministries to give to. It gets your whole family involved in ministry. I love that. And that yeah. Me? Yeah. So that's a strong, easy idea you can do quickly that's really thinking outside the box. So some, some other ideas of meaningful giving during the Christmas season, which some of these could be done, obviously, through the donor advice funds as well. But just right. some more specific examples. Donor advice fund is more of a the, the instrument that maybe you could give with, but what do you give to? So some examples, give the gift of water. I mentioned a little earlier, there are a lot of wonderful nonprofits 
they're what, what are called clean water projects. Mm-hmm. So they, they go in and they, they dig wells and maybe other things tied to that for a community or a village to have clean drinking water, which here in the United States, we think, what are you talking about? I mean, we just turn the tap on. Like we're very blessed, but there are a lot of areas in, in the world that they don't have access to clean drinking water. and might have to walk miles to go get water mm-hmm. every day just to be able to drink. Another one might be giving the gift of food. So there are, you know, food banks, probably uh, at least one in a short drive distance from where you are. I know in our area here, there are multiple wonderful food banks, but there also might be, I know sometimes like our, our church at Thanksgiving and Christmas, we actually all get together and we coordinate with food banks and other places to find families in the area who are either undernourished or, you know, they are, they are hungry. And we get to deliver food to them and, you know, invite them to church. And mm-hmm. uh, so you could do something like that. Another one might be helping a homeless person. You know, you could, if you see them and during this Christmas season, have some extra coats and clothing in your car. And if you see one, give them a coat or give them a gift card to a restaurant. You know, give so them they can a get food. coat. Not, yeah, not, don't, not, don't give yeah, them your leftovers. Exactly. You're going to give the goodwill anyway. Like, get, give them a new, get them a new coat. And, or, or go so, buy that good meal and, and them, you know, yeah. just stop and, and offer them. The homeless people are not homeless because they choose to be. I mean, maybe one percent, but ninety nine percent of them, they're yeah. not choosing this. No. So, and I, I, I really feel for them, especially you know, we've had even tied funds on our program before, and they're very much into helping homeless people mm-hmm. because they said so much of that is caused from schizophrenia. Yeah, or mental, or mental, it's, it's a lot of mental health. Mental health, yeah, yeah, and that's that's what causes it. You know, another thing that it just it doesn't cost anything to do during the season is is visit the hurting and lonely. And I'll tell you, nursing homes are full of people needing a visit. Yeah, when I go see my mom, I see so many of these people sitting by themselves, and I love to go pat them on the back and just say, "Hi, how are you today?" And yeah. it makes their their day. Yeah, it doesn't have to be your grandma or your, or your aunt. Yeah, I mean, it can be someone else. Yeah. So, you know, invite a lonely person that you may know that's going to be by themselves over to your home for Christmas dinner, yeah, or any other time. You know, it's, you, you might have a friend who is is in the military, or or someone who is newer to the area and they're not married. Maybe they don't have a significant other of some kind, and they're far away from family. If you know that they're alone, invite them. Make sure they have somewhere to spend. I still remember that. I still remember a couple of years ago when we invited some of the military over to have Christmas dinner with us. And, yeah. it, and it was very meaningful. See, it's not about the size and the cost of the gift, the financial cost that matters, but it's, it's really about the love that's behind it. Yeah. Well, it's just, it, it makes me think of, uh, Bob, you may know the exact verse, but you know, remember when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and he described them as whitewashed tombs. Because they were, they did all these things. They prayed on the street corner. They they put ash on their face when they were fasting. They did all these things because they wanted people to see. Oh, look how holy they are. Look how look how you know loyal to God they are. Look at all of this. And yet they have their reward because they did it in, in public. But yet, on the flip side, those those who you know clean their face if they're fasting, those who play, pray in secret to the Lord. They have their reward because they did it for the Lord not to be seen. And that comes back to it's it's the heart. And as, as we read earlier, Matthew 25, 40 says, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And during this Christmas season, 
Think about a gift that creates lasting memories and joy with you, your children, grandchildren, and others. Think about what is the gift about? How will it help someone? And, it, and is it really needed? And yeah. really think about those things heavily. Yeah. What, what gifts can you remember were the most meaningful from past Christmases? Yourself, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked what, about ours. Why, just why do you yourself. remember it? Mm-hmm. It is interesting that you, you say that because I was thinking, can you remember just five things that you got last Christmas or the Christmas before? <laughs> just five. And obviously, I'm sure most households average more than five gifts per yeah. person per year. And when you ask me next, we're kind of looking through what we want to talk about today. And, and, and even now, even having thought about it more, I can't. I can't think of that. Many. I can't either, Sean. And it's not that, like, I shouldn't have even received the gifts in the first place, but it's just to kind of drive home the point that it's not ultimately about the, the stress and the potential debt and all these things you might struggle with if that's something that's been a struggle for you for Christmas. It doesn't need to be that way because no matter how many gifts you get, people aren't going to be able to remember all of those gifts. But what they will remember, and I, I my family loves uh, because my wife Jenna has been doing a photo book for the year of our son Ronan, like every year since mm-hmm. he, since he was born, and that is the thing that you know my side of the family and I know <laughs> Rachel that everybody that they keep that they remember that That's and right. it's it's what is it what does it cost it takes uh, some time on Jenna's part. It's 20, 30 bucks maybe for, for getting the book printed. But it means more you, than $500. If someone yeah. said, hey, you know, uh, where could you have pictures of Ronan? Do you have pictures of your grandson? You're like, oh, well, here's my here's my book from year one, year two, year three. Year, like, you, you know where they are and you can show them to people. And yeah. so, the, so the, <laughs> the way to really think about giving is, is how will the gift be remembered in the long run? Yeah. I mean, here you, you and I are talking. We, can't even hardly remember. I don't think I could list five things I got several years ago. I can remember some of the gifts my children got me because they know dad likes food. Yeah. <laughs> and they know, but when they go to the effort of fixing something or making something for me, yeah. it, it means more to me. Because so you could buy all of those things uh, easily for yourself. But yeah, it's, it's exactly. the fact that someone took the time to remember, I know he likes this. I know he likes this. Like It's more than just what they put together. But it's the fact that they know you. They and they care about you. So how can you make your giving truly impactful? Mm-hmm. We're coming to the end here. How can you make your giving impactful and remembered in the long run? Sean, as we come down to the end here, we think about Christmas. I mean, Christmas is just one day. But we shouldn't think of the giving in Christmas as just one day. You know, to turn around and think of it as a lifestyle change for, for you and your family. That's the true meaning of Christmas. The, the ultimate gift of Christmas is the gift from God who sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Amen. He was born out of a miraculous conception from a virgin mother, untainted by the sin of mankind. He lived among us so he could feel what we feel while remaining sinless throughout his life. Then as a perfect, sinless man, he bore our sins on the cross and defeated death on the third day when he rose again. All who accept him receive the gift of eternal life and are adopted into the family of God as his children. So I got to ask you as we end today's podcast, do you know the Savior? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? 
Christmas season is a great time. It's just no better time of the year than to accept this free gift that you cannot earn, but Jesus yeah. is giving you. And if you're not sure who this Jesus is and life has become all about you and materialism that just re really never fills that void that inside of you. We would love to bring you to that personal relationship with God. You can you can stop where you are in your car. You can keep driving and just say, Lord, I need you. But if you want to talk to someone about it, it's never too late. And it's never too early in life to give your heart to Christ and watch him transform your life and turn from happiness into joy. Yeah. There's no amount of money or Christmas gifts made of material things that truly fill that void. Mm. It's always going to be, I just got to have a little bit more and a little bit more because that's what materialism does. It does not bring lasting joy, but Christ does. We are here. If you would like to give us a call at 830-609-6986, or you can text that number as well. Yeah. We don't want you walking another day without Christ as the center of your life. Amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's all for now. We invite you to listen to all of our past episodes covering many financial topics from a Christian perspective. To make sure you don't miss any of Bob's upcoming episodes, you can subscribe to Christian Financial Perspectives on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. To learn more about integrating your faith with your finances, visit ChristianFinancialAdvisors.com or call 830-609-6986. Investment advisory services offered through Christian Investment Advisors, Inc., DBA Christian Financial Advisors, also known as Christian Financial Advisors Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Comments from today's show are for informational purposes only and not to be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any company that may have been mentioned or discussed. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host, Bob Barber, and his guests. Bob does not provide tax advice and encourages you to seek guidance from a tax professional. While Christian Investment Advisors believes the information to be accurate and reliable, we do not claim or have responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or reliability.